Today on the Being Whole podcast, I welcome Paul Getter. He is a friend first and a top-tier internet marketer second. Paul's internet marketing career began in desperation. He was recently fired and without prospects, and then he discovered the power of social media. Without any formal education in marketing, he committed himself to learn every aspect of social media marketing. Fast forward a few years, and he has now spent over $1 billion running ads and campaigns for his clients, is in the top 1% of ad spenders on Facebook, and has over 1 million followers on Instagram. Paul knows that platforms like Facebook and Instagram are just tools. They're not the objective. The objective is to get results for his clients. In this episode, we learn more about how Paul got where he is today, plus he shares advice for those of us who lack motivation or who are feeling like we are on a hamster wheel trying to find this coveted money-making passion for exploding our careers as entrepreneurs. Let's get this episode started. Okay, everyone, as promised, I am here with Paul Getter, and I am so excited about our conversation today because if you look Paul up at, in any way, I think the thing that shines through is just his happiness and his joy and the way that he wants to show up for other people. So Paul, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all the ways that you really inspire other people. Well, thank you very much for having me on your show. It's my privilege. Well, okay. You know, I, I know that people can go read about you and find you online, but I'd love for you to tell us kind of in your own words, a little bit about who you are, what you do and what, what really brought you to this space now where you're in this cool room with these awesome purple lights and with all of the, if you're watching on YouTube, you have to go and look at his setup right now. It's totally, this is awesome. the nerd cave. This is the nerd cave. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, my name is Paul Getter, also known as the Internet Marketing Nerd, and <laughs> hence, like I said, the Nerd Cave. And I've been blessed to work with a lot of amazing individuals, uh, A-list celebrities, Fortune 500 companies, some of the top online entrepreneurs. And uh, I guess you would say it didn't always uh, go like this. You know, I, I was just talking to my mom a couple months ago, and she's like, oh, do you remember living in the back of the car? I'm like, uh, no, I, I, I don't remember that. And uh, so I, I was brought up um, kind of a poor upbringing. I hate to use the word poor yeah. because, uh, you know, I know much, a lot of people had it much worse than us. And I, I think I had a good family. Uh, you know, my mother and father raised me all my life. And uh, so I, I'm blessed in that. But I, I did have a, a tough upbringing. And I guess through a series of events, I found myself in a place of struggling, trying to, you know, I did a lot of odd jobs, anything from McDonald's to delivering phone books, which probably some people don't even know what phone books are. No. <laughs> like, what are those? It, it was a book. You know, when you think about phone books, they used to deliver a book to our house that had everybody's name, mm -hmm. address, and phone number. Talk about no privacy. Right? Was... Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I was delivering phone books, and one of my friends told me, they said, hey, you need to get on Facebook and stay in touch with me. They were going off to college, and remember, I jump, jumped on Facebook. I was like, ah, this is this is for kids. I don't have time for this. You know, you just play games on there. But I, I quickly found out that there was an opportunity for that to turn into a business. Mm. And that was before the days of everybody being an online entrepreneur, a digital marketer. This is when Facebook was in its very infancy stages. And so I quickly adopted that. And I guess you would say one thing led to another. And here I am today. <laughs> I, but I love just, you know, even through your very brief introduction of yourself, you know, you didn't just all of the sudden become this, you know, it was through yeah. hard work. It was through trials and tribulations and it yeah. was through coming through something, right. You know, the, and it's interesting. A lot of times when you reach a certain level of success, you know, you're in that space where you're going forward and it does take somebody reminding you of like, hey, remember how far you've come yeah, because you're so true. focused on your forward movement that sometimes we forget to reflect back and be like, oh my goodness, wow, yeah, I was in that position or that yeah. did happen to me and look at how I've gotten to this place that I have. And so I think that that's amazing that you have kind of gone through all of these different trajectories and different positions and 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 not, not of course you remember it when somebody brings it up, but it's more yeah. like, I guess the thing that strikes me when you're saying that is that that wasn't the thing that defined you then. 
it was that 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 was just one piece of your life and then i'm continuing to go forward in other ways right and and i I think i i still have a long way to go and i i want to continue to grow and i got a um a vision and but there is i think for any person that is a uh, an individual that is driven sometimes there's a disconnect of like okay this is where i am this is where i want to be and you're not there and you find yourself frustrated and mm-hmm. you know anxious and stuff but sometimes it's good to look back and say well i have came a long way from where yeah. i used to be and uh, so it's it's patience and uh, perseverance and For sure. all of those necessary attributes to get to the next level Yeah, no, for sure. And just as you said, you know, sometimes when you're goal oriented or you have something in mind of where you know you want to be, then we're focused on that so much that we forget to kind of give ourselves grace for all of the things that we've done or all of the things that we've accomplished already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and what I think is so, okay. So yes, Facebook, when that all started, I remember that as well. Remember you used to have just a, an, uh, you have to had it, or you used to have to have an education address to even be on Facebook. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so you kind of were on the beginning stages of this wanting to help online entrepreneurs, wanting to help other people reach their dreams. So I'd love for you to just kind of tell us like, what, what was that like for you in terms of understanding that this was a space that you could really flourish in and really go forward in? Yeah. So a lot of times people ask me, how did you decide to become an entrepreneur? I'm like, uh, I had bills to pay. (laughs) It was not, it was not one of these like, Oh, when I grow up, I want to be an entrepreneur. I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. Uh, but there was this upbringing and this mindset that, you know, I wasn't waiting for somebody else to, you know, pay my bills for me or to do the work for me. So, you know, I explored a lot of different options. So after my friend told me to jump online, I I finally, I gave in and um, set up a Facebook page. And one of the things that I noticed is again, this is the very begin beginning mm-hmm. stages where I say this now and people are like, oh, yeah, duh, everybody does that. <laughs> but there was only like a few businesses that were setting up pages to represent their business. Mm-hmm. And I saw that. I was like, well, I, let me give it a shot. And so I actually I set up a page for my church, mm-hmm. uh, you know, putting uh, information about our church and stuff. And I remember it was a couple of weeks later, I went to church and there was this new family there. And I said, how'd you hear about us? And they said, oh, we saw you on, on Facebook. That's awesome. And, and, and it was like, whoa, wow. These are like real people really here in front of me. And they came from that Facebook thing I did. And so it immediately, it was a catalyst for, for everything else. I was like, okay, if this can do that, what can this do for a restaurant? What can this do for a realtor? What can this? And so I began connecting with local businesses and say, hey, you know, there's an opportunity. And this was, mm-hmm. you know, again, it was like the the, the gold rush online, like, hey, <laughs> online, you got to do this. And so I was an early adopter of it and I saw people, it, it worked, you know, whether it's a chiropractor or a restaurant or wh- whoever it was, it worked for their business. And then word of mouth, people just like, Hey, put me on that Facebook thing, do that for me. And it mm-hmm. quickly evolved into a very lucrative um, little side hustle I was doing. I, I think it's so interesting, you know, social media gets such a bad rap in, in, in so many different spaces, right. About how it can distract us from our purpose or we spark, you know, we numb out on it or what have you. But if we look back to its origins and why it started, yeah. it was about exactly what you're saying. It was about building those connections. It was about yeah. bridging those gaps between the people who knew about, you know, services or goods or businesses that existed or people that could help them and really trying to draw in those connections. And I think what's so cool about what you do is that's still really the focus for you yeah. is, you know, how do I help connect, you know, clients to their, their people? How do I help yeah, connect yeah. and grow? You know, how do I help these entrepreneurs find the people that they get to help? And so the relationship building aspect of it, of course, you know, that's what excites me about it. Yeah. But it it's it it doesn't always have to be this space that I think we've kind of think about it now right, right. as is about yeah, this yeah. icky marketing tactic right now. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes people have made when it comes to social media is they have made it just media mm. instead of social media. And what I mean by that is they've made it a platform where they just post, 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 you know, or they watch, watch, watch. And it's a very one dimensional. It's mm-hmm. no different than the television. It's no different than the radio. But that was the that was like the magic of social media. Like you could you could 
watch a video and then you could say hi to the person that made the video. You know what I mean? You can't do that on television. Although when I was a kid, I tried that. Like I'd watch people <laughs> on TV. I was like, hey, hey. And you know, it was like Sesame Street. They'd wave back, hey, little boy, how are you doing? And every once in a while, they're like, hey, Paul, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, they saw me. They see me. You know? And, uh, but that's the reality. And that's the magic of social media is that you can post something and you can, engage you can be social on social media uh but but it, it it has lost that in many in many regards because people just post or they just watch and there's no relationships that are built any media any platform has the danger of evolving into something that it wasn't originally intended mm -hmm. to be um but i think that there there's a lot of opportunity for us to build real relationships with people, real relationships with our customers, with our clients, with individuals that are connected to us. But, you know, that that takes more than just watching. That's giving and connecting and, you know, mm -hmm. intentionally building those relationships. Mm -hmm. No, and I think that, too, that can become a skill where you know, you have to practice it, right? Not yeah. just online, but in person. It'll be intentional, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that in that understanding that that's a place for connection and also understanding that the ways that you can reach out to people and myself too, I'm guilty of this, you know, instead of thinking of it as like, oh gosh, I have to post something today because I haven't posted. You know, it's like yeah. instead realizing like, no, who, why am I posting? Who am I posting right, yeah. for? What yeah. does that really look like? And then that's a whole different ballgame. You know, you're showing up for people differently that you're curating relationships with instead of just like oh i'm going to post some cute graphic because i know it's time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah one of my mentors i just uh i think everybody goes through this where maybe you're insecure about posting you have this oh you know i don't look good today you know my skin or whatever you do a video and uh, it's a hundred takes, you stumble, you stutter, you do all that. And you're like, ah, oh, forget about it. I, I'm not going to do it. And I was guilty of doing that for a long time that I was just like, oh, I'm not going to do it. That was, that was horrible. Or just, mm -hmm. you know, today's not the day I'll do it next week. I don't feel good. Don't look mm -hmm. good and, and everything. One of my mentors told me, said, um, do you believe that your message can really help people and impact people? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, why are you allowing mm -hmm. a bad hair day? to keep you from getting that message out to people. Don't you think that's kind of selfish? And it was like, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, if like, I'm, I'm not serving people. I'm not putting my message out there that I really think can impact and help people because I have a bad hair day, then, you know, that's pretty selfish. Yeah, no, I think that that's important way to look at it. And it's so funny that you bring that up. I, when I was teaching my students, when we first moved online, you know, before the pandemic and everything, I would do little videos for them where I was just like, Hey, I'm in my house. So, Hey, here's what's happening. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the things I told them is I, I was like, I can talk to you about human communication and relationships anywhere, no matter what I look like. So this yeah, is yeah. what this is going to be. But yeah. it was my understanding that that's, I was okay showing up like that. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like kind of us getting in out of our own way in terms right. of like, oh, I have to show up in a certain way, or my reels have to look this way, or I have to present myself, or I need this aesthetic or whatever right. it is. And instead, just like you said, getting back to the why. Why did you want to show up in the first place? And the yeah. majority of people in the entrepreneurial space started that because they wanted to help people, right? So getting yeah. back to like, that's how you're showing up and helping people is not dependent on how cool your hair looks, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's I, and you know, it's really not. But I think too, just reminding ourselves of that and that's where it can get a little tricky for people too, is just we get caught up in this idea that we have to present ourselves in a certain way or be a certain persona or show up, you know, in this aesthetically pleasing grid or something instead of remembering, you know, why we wanted to be in those spaces in the first place. Right. Yeah. I do a, uh, a challenge for my students when we're doing like a mastermind or something like that, like, okay, do this, mess up your hair, mess up your hair. And everybody messes up their hair and stuff. I was like, okay, now look really tired. Like you just got out of bed and they'll do that. I'm like, okay, now pull out your phone and go live. And everyone's like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, that, that's that's the worst it can get. You've you've showed everybody your worst. Now everything else from that is is just going to get better, you know. So, uh, 
I love that. I love that. But you know what? That's the thing about it is sometimes everybody just needs permission to do that too. Like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Paul said I should do that. Okay, I'm going to do yeah, that yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, just the evolution for you and how you've gone from that. Okay, I'm going to start here with these Facebook pages to what you do now, because you're so prolific. You have a ton of clients, a big audience. You know, what is what does that growth in that space look like for you? Yeah, so... As I mentioned, I, I work with some amazing people, A-list celebrities, Fortune 500 companies, some of the top entrepreneurs online. Uh, but it did. It started out with ice cream shops, uh, pizza shops, local realtors, and, and things like that. And but I, but I really uh, approach each client with uh, sincerity, a level of excellence that is very results driven. That. I think early on, I probably made the mistakes of working with people that I wasn't um, the best fit for, you know, because mm. we all do that when we're, when we're trying to get started, like, oh, yeah, say yes to everybody, which can yeah. actually be dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I, I begin to slowly evolve where I recognize, look, let me just focus on the people that I am really good at getting results for that I can, mm. I know, like, if they come to me, there's no like, yeah, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can't. And so I began to really focus on that, that process of finding the people that I could get the best results for. And I remember I was working for a client over in uh, Beverly Hills and uh, he, he had, he was doing events and stuff and I was marketing for him. And I remember I went to his website and he had a lot of celebrity friends i was like wow this guy's very influential and i, I remember i i intentionally i was like i'm gonna go over and beyond i'm gonna like really invest a lot into this relationship and it was doing things like that that kind of opened the door to mm. people that he was connected to mm. and so I, so i did things like that i did um i remember there was an individual that we had connected to that was really um, I, I guess you say he was connected in Hollywood. He wasn't anyone that a lot of people would know, but he was very well connected mm -hmm. in Hollywood. I remember I reached out to him and I said, Hey, I want to, I want to take care of your marketing for you. And it, it was almost like he was bracing himself for some type of pitch. Like, Oh, what are you going to try to, uh, sell me? I was like, no, no, I don't, I'm not going to, I just want to, you know, out of relationship, I want to do this for you. And I just began to do his marketing, began to get him results and, uh, when the timing was right, after I felt like I'd kind of invested in him, I said, you know, Hey, I see you're pretty connected with people. He's like, man, I'll do anything for you. Who you want me to introduce you to? And it was, you know, because of that, and it wasn't anything that was quick. It was something that took, you know, over a year of me investing in him. And I have many clients, uh, that grew from, Hey, let me just, let me just serve. Let me just help out. Let me just, you know, invest in you. And now it's, you know, I remember when I was leaving, um, I, I worked with Kevin Hart, um, mm -hmm. famous comedian. A lot of people know him. And one of the last messages he texted me when I left, he said, Paul, if there's anybody in Hollywood that you want to meet, just let me know. I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, somebody like that telling you and send you yeah. a message, that means a lot. That'll go a long way. So, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, just, um, you know, serving results, not just like, ah, maybe it'll work, but results driven and the results speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's so many wonderful things that you just said too, you know, starting with the fact that you wanted to serve, you're like, I know I have something that I can help people and you put yourself out there. You know, that's the space where so many people, I think we, we do feel like, oh, I could help people do this, or I have an idea to do that. But then we stop ourselves from reaching yeah. out or we stop ourselves because we think, oh, somebody else is, oh, they're more important yeah. than me, or they have more money than me, or they're too famous for me or what have you. But just being able to really connect with people and be like, hey, I have something that might be able to work for you, or I know yeah. something that might be able to help you. And allowing yourself to be vulnerable in that way and to just put yourself out there, make those connections and understand that like if somebody doesn't respond back or says no, that it is not reflective of your worth. Like yeah. that, that is something that it, it sounds like, oh, it's so easy. Oh, I just reached out to people, but I guarantee you the number of people who are listening, <laughs> you're like, oh gosh, I could never do that. Yeah, I can tell you that there was a whole lot of messages that I sent that were left on red. You know what I mean? Was, <laughs> nobody responded. It went nowhere. But, you know, just 
you know, if you send out 101 person responds, mm-hmm. then it could all be worth it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think too, then what, you know, what you've really said here, but then also what I've seen from your work too, is just, you are leading with that, like not as a, what can I get from this, but a, Hey, here are all the things I've learned. Here are the things that I know to be true. And here's how I think I can help you. And that's a different conversation. You know, that's like, you know, yes, you're eventually selling your skills and services and things like that to people, but it's starting from a different place, right? You're fulfilling a need that somebody else has. And I think so often when we think about selling or in business, it, it gets, it gets achy for people. Very transactional. Very yeah. Transactional. And yeah, it's yeah. just like really getting back to that space of remembering, like, why did you start doing this, this in the first place? What was really the goal and, and what can you do for other people through that, through your gifts yeah. and through your talents? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, it, yeah. Like you said, business can be very transactional. I was like, I'll give you this, you give me this. Mm-hmm. But uh, there comes points in it where you you may just give mm-hmm. and you might not ever see anything return. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm not talking about building a nonprofit where you're just giving and not receiving anything, mm-hmm. but there, there, there has to be kind of this passion that leads your business that is going beyond, I can make money from this because right. that gets old quick. You know, once you start to figure out really how to make money, you've got that going, uh, you'll get burnt out if the only thing that is motivating you is the next dollar, you know, the next Mm -hmm. paycheck and stuff. You'll get burnt out doing that. But when you have something bigger than that, when you have a mission, when you have a passion, when you have that desire to serve, to make, you know, something better or to change, then that's something that will leave a legacy. That's something that you don't get burnout doing because it's got a bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, so often then when people step into those spaces, especially in an entrepreneurial space, you know, it is hard not to get burnt out because people just start and they want to run in every direction on all of the things. So what, what kind of advice, I guess, would you have for people who are like fully on board with what you're saying? They're like, yes, I want to serve. I want to help, but I got to do all the things or I got to reach all the people, you know, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, well, I, I think think first of all, you do have to have a mission, a purpose, a why that is bigger than what you're doing on a business aspect. Uh, some sometimes people have a passion, and they're trying to make money on the passion, and it doesn't always align. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I know there's this misconception that people say, "Oh, just follow your passion." And, and you'll be rich. That's not always true. I mean, that yeah. that can be very discouraging because you're like, I'm following my passion, but I'm still broke. I'm pausing this conversation to have a little moment of vulnerability with you. Do you love public speaking and wish you could get paid to do so? I've got the exact person that you need. I recently graduated from Jess Ekstrom's Mic Drop Academy. I was a little hesitant to sign up because I've paid for coaches and programs before that I didn't feel had the value there. But through speaking with Jess and her incredible team, I took a chance. Now I'm feeling so positive and confident that I'd love to share this opportunity with other people. If you've thought about getting paid to be a public speaker or you long to do keynotes where you're telling your story in front of other audiences, I'll link the opportunity in the show notes. The doors won't be open for long and I encourage you to check it out so you don't miss this opportunity. Now let's get back to this episode with Paul. So sometimes you have to find something that generates money that you can, you know, purchase your passion, that you can follow your passion in that. And so, so sometimes it's like, okay, I don't, I don't always like this job or this business or, or what I'm doing, but I know that it's going to give me the liberty, the freedom, the, uh, the, the, the means to follow this passion in a greater way. Uh, so, so that, that's something you got to keep, you know, I've got three kids and I um, tell them, I said, you know, you're um, lucky if you um, find a lot of times jobs is this, okay. I, I don't really like the job, but I like the money. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it gets paid good. So that'll keep me happy. Or then there's, um, I really like the job. I really like what I'm doing. Um, but I'm not getting paid that much. And so growing up, I know there was always that tug of war, like, okay, uh, 
I'm getting paid good, but I can't stand doing this. I'm you know, but I would tell myself it's good money. And then there'd be like, Oh, I really love doing this, but I don't get paid anything. So you're, you're really fortunate when the two can align mm -hmm. where you love what you're doing. You're getting compensated in the level that you feel you should be compensated. You're really, that's really a blessing to, to have that. Um, so you, you, you have to have a balance in that. Sometimes it's not, Oh, I really love the work because there's days in everybody's job. I don't care mm -hmm. how much they love doing it. There's days in like, that was a bad day. Well, that's, that's life. You know what I mean? Life yeah. is regardless of what you're doing, you're going to have bad days, but you just look at the big picture and I've got a why I've got a purpose. I've got a dream. I've got a mission that is going to, um, this is a vehicle that is going mm -hmm. to draw me closer to that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, getting back to that why and that purpose, so often when we feel disgruntled or we dissatisfied or stuck or frustrated, it's because we've gotten away from that. It's because yeah. of exactly what you're saying. We're like, okay, we're in a job and it's paying the bills or we're providing for our family. And we think that that's our role and what we have to do. And we become disconnected from our passion or our purpose or what really does kind of light us up. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so even recognizing then though, that Sometimes we have to stay in roles where we are so we can pay our bills, so we can do yeah, those yeah. things. But then what are the other ways that we can connect to our passion or connect to our purpose? Because I, I agree with you too, that I think there's kind of been almost like a dangerous rhetoric, if you will, over yeah. the last several years of just like, oh, if you believe in it and you're passionate about it, then abundance is just going to come to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not always true. I mean, sometimes yeah. it is true, but I remember I was sitting in a mastermind um, with a group of individuals, uh, very high net worth um, individuals, uh, executives, CEOs, business owners, inventors and, and stuff. And we asked that question, you know, it was like, okay, is it follow your passion and you'll be wealthy? And everybody on the panel there, they're like, uh, how I made my money, I was not passionate about. You know, it was like uh, I'm a far I I'm a CEO of pharmacy. I was no way passionate about pharmacy. Um, individuals that were inventors, they're like I, I was I was not passionate about this, but they saw an opportunity, mm -hmm. and they took advantage of that opportunity. Opportunity. So there was like opportunity timing, and really passion wasn't even a part of the ingredient. Now. Once they got into it and they started doing it, like, yeah, I'm passionate about it. I really enjoyed doing this, but it wasn't something before they got into it that they were even interested in. So it's not always the passion. Well, you just, I think, really spoke to something very big then for people too, is that, you know, so many people, when they feel lost or feel stuck, it's because they're like, I don't know my passion or I can't find it, or I don't know what I should yeah. do. And so, you know, if you let go of some of that pressure yeah. and just allow yourself, okay, maybe I don't know what I'm passionate about right now, or maybe yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. I'm not passionate about, but let me just try this, or let me just do this for right now, or let yeah. me see what happens even sometimes that has to be the space you're in too, right? Yeah. Because other, if, if you kind of take it the other direction, you're like, oh, I can't find my passion or I, what's my purpose? And you're seeking and you're seeking and you're seeking. It's can be really defeating too, yeah. you know, yeah, more yeah. defeating than if you're over here, not looking for it, just waiting for, you know, things to kind of emerge and for you to see what what you're passionate about because sometimes it's surprising like you're saying i bet some of those inventors or some of those thought leaders yeah. they didn't think that that's where they were going to end up but through the process they found something they were passionate about yeah yeah and, and i think i think this we all evolve change and go through different seasons in our life and everything like that and so what you might be passionate about when you're in your 20s probably going to be different than in your 30s, 40s, 50s. And so, you know, to find like the holy grail, I'm passionate about this. Well, that might last for five years, 10 years. So don't, you know, be disappointed in yourself or feel like you got to stick to that because you're, you know, no longer passionate about it. Find something different, do something right. different. There's no, you know, disappointment in uh, moving from something else to another um, because you no longer have a passion in in doing this. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people felt that differently over the last few years with the think, pandemic yeah. and with yeah. the you know being at home and things. I think it was kind of an awakening for people of 
yeah, where am I going with this? What am I doing? What no longer serves me? How do I want to step into things differently? And yeah. I mean, I'm sure for you with your business too, that's kind of changed things as more people thought about becoming entrepreneurs. Like, yeah. you know, what does that look like for you, even in terms of people seeking your advice and your opinion on things? Do you feel like it's just cracked open a little bit more? I, I do. I do think that a lot of people recognize that security is not always security. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I've got a nine to five job and I'm, everything's good. And you know, I'm, I get my paycheck every week and then something crazy happens, like what has happened and it all changes. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've, I've had situations in my, in my life where I was working for um, other people and working for a company and layoffs came Yeah, and it's, it's done. You know, so yeah, you might have a nine to five job and think that there's security, but is there really, I always tell people this, that a nine to five, and I'm not, I'm not anti nine to five, like right. you know, half my company <laughs> that works for me, they're nine to five. So I appreciate, I respect, and I, I need people that really love the nine to five security. But a lot of times with the, the nine to five job you know your your traditional employment is you've got this safety net you've mm -hmm. got this safety net so like okay i know that i'm going to get paid next week i i know this but there's also a ceiling there's also mm -hmm. a ceiling because um regardless of how hard my team works they're not getting my job you know what i mean yeah <laughs> um, it's taken. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, CEO is taken. All right. You, you know, you can work hard, but you got a ceiling. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of jobs, you, you have this ceiling, but you have a safety net. But when it comes to the entrepreneurial life, you, you don't have a safety net. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. like, okay, uh, maybe I'm going to get that contract next week. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm going to get a paycheck. Maybe I'm not. And so there's mm -hmm. there's no safety net. There's no, you know, nobody that's going to catch you when you fall. It's all on you. But there's also no ceiling. So the sky's the limit. However much you want to make, well, that's up to you. However, you know, hard you can work and whatever you can create and do, the sky's the limit. Mm hmm. And I think that that's something too, where just even understanding what that feels like for you and allowing yeah. yourself flexibility to have that change, you know, even for myself, you know, for many years as a single mom, the idea of the stable paycheck and the nine to five, that was absolutely what made me feel secure. Yeah. Even yeah. at the same time that I was like, wanted more money or thought I should make more money. It's exactly what you said. It was like the fear of not having that stability. Yeah. One over my desire to like, know that I could make scary. more, scary, you know? Yeah. And I think that that too is like recognizing for people, like you, you don't have to choose and then stick with one thing the rest of yeah, your yeah, life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There is an ebb and flow to it. There are different periods or spaces of your life where you might be like, this is what's working for me now, or this is the thing that I want to go after. But allowing yourself to kind of dream and have ideas about what that future and what those possibilities could look like instead of thinking that you know whatever you choose when you're 20 or whatever it starts you yeah. know for you yeah, yeah, yeah. is like then you're destined to that path or this is you know what I've chosen and now I'm stuck with it and I think if anything over the last few years people have kind of woken up a little bit to that in terms yeah. of like oh wait there are other ways of looking at this there are other ways of doing things there are other possibilities and even like you said yes you employ people for your nine to five but I guarantee you just based on who you are and your business the nine to five people who work for you it's not like what a traditional company still looks like true, either true. right true, true. yes yes <laughs> yeah so in terms of, you know, your trajectory and your growth, you know, you're obviously a very busy person. You've built this amazing business for yourself. How have you kind of sustained yourself personally as you've gone through this? You know, obviously there's stress, there's trials, there's tribulations. You know, what are some things that you do to really keep your mindset in the space where you need it to be or to help yourself go forward when it is stressful? Sure, sure. Yeah, I think... I think there's a danger in relying on motivation. Mm, yes. And, and what I mean, it's like, 
if if you're an individual that has to continually be motivated, then entrepreneur life may not be for you because uh, it you don't always have someone behind you saying go go go. You so there's a there has to be a more than motivation. You have to have discipline. Mm-hmm. You have to have discipline and structure that says, you know, I don't feel like doing this. I'm not motivated. I'm, I, you know, I'm tired. I'm just, I'm going to stay in bed, but there's a discipline that overrides that feeling and says, ah, I'm going to do it anyways. You know, it's like, I, I go, I go to the gym every day and there's a lot of days that I don't feel like going. I just, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to go. And, uh, but I have people accountable. I have a personal trainer that says I'm waiting for you. So I, I think it's important that you surround yourself with people that can hold you accountable, that can keep you disciplined, and you have a structure in your life that helps support that. And, you know, quite frankly, it's good to take a break every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, for a long time, I was 14, 16 hours a day. And I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. this, I'm not enjoying life. And it's, uh, you know, I'm going to burn out really quick. So, so surrounding yourself with the right team, um, understanding that you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the things in my company that we do, I'm not the best at it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like we run ads, we build funnels, we, you know, there's a lot of things that we do. I'm not the best at it, but I surround myself and on my team, I have the best. So, yeah. Uh, you know, on a, on a structural um, layout, I find myself, I manage managers instead of manage people, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I have, have people that manage, manage, and, and I don't just hire people based upon their, their skill set, mm. because a lot of things can be learned. So yep. I try to hire people based upon, you know, are they congruent with our mission, our value, our, our mm-hmm. team? Do they, do they get our culture? And that's a lot. When someone gets our culture and they're fun to be around and they really connect with everybody, I I can teach them to be better. But it's like if a person's a jerk, I can't teach them how to be nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> hey, this is how you not be a jerk. They don't understand that. You're speaking a different language to them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so if a person, they connect with our culture and stuff, that makes... I'm leading a whole lot easier. Mm -hmm. Well, and that goes back to, I mean, of course, everything you say, I just hear about your ability to be a relationship builder and and a connector. I mean, it's so evident to me that that's such a strong piece of who you are is your ability to really foster those relationships and fosters foster those connections for people. And so the fact that you're doing that with your own team and choosing to hire people who you can have those relationships with, you know, I think that that's a really good lesson for all of us is so often, you know, we think, oh, I have to find the person who can do this or the person who can do that. But it's really like, no, find the person that you can get along with, who can learn those things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if you got someone that is, doesn't, blend in doesn't mold with the team then it can be something that is just a contagious negative personality and it can ruin the whole flow of things but mm-hmm. you know if a person isn't like okay an a plus at this skill set well i can teach them i can have someone work with them and 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 they can grow from there but mm-hmm. personality if the personality their attitude things like that is is not where it should be to begin with. And it's probably not going to change over time. Mm-hmm. Or, or you're going to spend so much energy and effort trying to change that at the expense yeah. of your own personal happiness and well-being too. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, that's a really good lesson to learn. And I love what you said about motivation. Cause I think that that's where a lot of us do get stuck as we think like, Oh, you know, I would, I should want to do that. Or I don't feel like doing it. And there are so many, there's so many reasons why we can get out of doing whatever we should be doing. Right. You know, like, and so to just remind ourselves that not everything that we feel discomfort in is something we should avoid. You know, there are definitely things where it's like, Oh, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. I better not do that. But a lot of times it's our brain just also telling us we shouldn't do something because we're comfortable. We're yeah, in a space yeah. where it's just like, oh yeah, I don't want to get off the couch. So I don't feel like it. <laughs> and and Com- recognize- comfort, comfort can be a blessing and a curse. It really can. It's like, oh, I'm so comfortable. I feel so good. But it's when businesses get comfortable, when entrepreneurs get comfortable, it can be a very dangerous place to be. 
Yeah, it can be because then you also start stop losing sight of why you were pushing in the beginning or why you were actually seeking to serve, right? And I think that that's something too where you know, we want to have that comfort because we want space for rest or we yeah. want to feel like we're not always fighting the claw to the top and things like that. So that's where also, like you said, you know, making sure to build those spaces into your schedule too, build in time for a rest, build in time for, or recognize there are going to be those moments where, okay, this is not a period where I'm getting after it every single day. This is yeah. a period of reflection or of looking back at where we, you know, what we've done and where we need to go forward and understanding that there's an ebb and flow to it too, instead yeah. of like judging yourself so harshly that it has to look the same every day. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting because I think that every entrepreneur has a different DNA. I know some guys that if they're not work, you know, if you're not working 80 hours a week, they're like, oh, you're lazy, you know? <laughs> and then there's other people's like four hour work week, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, so it, it is some people, they thrive in that uh, busy hustle and, you know, that, that grind mentality. And uh, if that's you, that's you, but um, you know, don't judge the person that is striving for the four hour work week. Right. Right. Just kind of, and I think that that's what can happen too in the entrepreneurial space or business space is people, you see other people putting it out there, how they do it. And then yeah. somehow you think like, oh, I have to model it in this way or this yeah, yeah, is how yeah. I should do it instead of exactly what you're saying, understanding that it is, you know, a journey that you're going through yeah. that you have to figure out how you're going to work best. Not just like, oh, I love that person and they're my mentor. And yeah, so yeah. I want to do it exactly like they do it. Okay. That's a surefire way to maybe no, not that's, that's, work out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. It's like going to a personal trainer or a nutritionist and say, and he says, okay, this is what's going to work for, um, for you. And he gives the same plan to everybody. Yeah. That's not going to work. You know, you have to look at a person's, you know, how their body responds to different things and their nutrition plan and everything like that. Uh, so, so yeah, in business, it can be the same thing. If someone says, okay, do this, this will work. Well, it may have worked for them, um, but that does not guarantee that it's going to work for you. So there is, you got to kind of figure out what works best for you. Okay. So I want to ask you kind of like a, a hot button question, if you will. Okay. Over the last, like I, I've noticed it more within the last year, especially, and I'm sure you have as well, but the number of people who are like immediately make six and seven figures, and this uh -huh. is this online space for you. And everybody could be an online entrepreneur and quit your job and go forward. And the money's just going to flow to you. What does that really look like in terms of your clients and the people that you work with in real life? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, I think this, um, the, the clients that we work with typically at this point are achieving some level of success already, you know, so they're, they're doing, they're above average already. And so it's a lot easier to take a person from, you know, making $500,000 a year to take them to make $5 million a mm -hmm. year. Sounds like a mm -hmm. big jump, but it's, it's a lot easier to take them versus a person that's making $10,000 a year to get them to a hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. And, and I've, I've often thought about that, why that is. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of reasons. Number one, their product or service has to be tested to the market. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Everybody comes to me like, Oh, I got the next million dollar idea. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, whoo, I've heard this. Before. <laughs> and, and then they'll say something like this. Nobody's doing this. This is going to make us a lot of money. I'm like, well, there could be a reason why nobody is doing this. You know what I mean? So it's like um, the things that they think are amazing. It doesn't always get me excited. So I think, you know, um, the people that are already achieving that level of success that they, you know, they're making six figures. It's a lot easier to scale them than it is taking someone that is brand new that has an untested that has never done this. Uh, I, I'll say this, the people that are just getting started, in internet marketing or entrepreneur online entrepreneur life um most people doesn't work out for i mean that's that's uh, unfortunate most people doesn't work out for uh and what i mean by that is most people it doesn't turn into a full-time career and that is even working with the best of the best coaches because there is 
a lot of mindset. There's a lot of psychological. There's a lot of discipline. There's a lot of skill sets that go beyond something that you just teach someone and they, they can read in a book. I've seen individuals that can uh, make money online. They can You can give them the blueprint. They can do it. But uh, the consistency of it, it's difficult for them mm-hmm. because it is a lot of rejection. It is a lot of things like I can tell you this, um, things are going great, but in an average year, we can have countless failures, mm-hmm. countless failures and things that we try and we do, but it doesn't bother me. It doesn't like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to quit. I've, I've learned that's part of the equation in getting better is that there's, but there was a day that things like this would happen that I'm like, okay, maybe it's over. Maybe I'm done. And so it took me many, many years to get past that. Like if something goes bad, I'm like, "Ah, you know, we'll figure it out. So that's, so most people it doesn't work for, and that's probably not anything. um, (laughs) All the gurus online are going to say, they're going to say, yeah, make six figures in six days. Guaranteed. No, it's it's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's the lottery. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Honestly. (laughs) But I think that that's so important to really be transparent about, not that it's not possible for everyone, not that it isn't something that people can work for, but just to also recognize that that's the reality of it. It's putting the work in also, you know, these things don't just like magically happen for people. And I think unfortunately too, you know, especially with all the stress and the strain that people have felt over the last few years, we, we want that. We want yeah. there to be this magic solution. We yeah, want yeah. there to be a guru or somebody like, here, mm-hmm. take all my money and just make all this happen for me. And then I'm yeah. not going to have to think about it. So I really love the way that you're so transparent about like, yep, all these things can happen for you, but here are some of the steps that you're going to have to do to get yeah. there. Here are some yeah. of the, here, here are some of the real factors that, that go into that. And really the transparency and the honesty that you put forth when you're speaking to that too. And I think that, you know, I don't know why we got into this space. We're talking about how hard you've worked is like a negative thing, but Mm. because when you talk to like really high thought leaders, when you talk to CEOs, executives, they've worked their asses off. Like none of them are like, oh yeah, it just happened for me. (laughs) Like none of them. So I think too, like acknowledging that like, you know, any dream worth having is something that you've probably put a little sweat equity into and you've probably put some work into, like, that's not a bad thing to admit, like, no, I worked really hard to get here. And this is some, you know, yes, there were steps and there were doors that opened or I hired the right people or whatever it is. But the bottom line through all of that is back to what you're saying, your purpose, your desire, your drive, your motivation, because those are the things when the fancy people go away or if the internet yeah. shut down for a day or whatever it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to be able to draw back on that. Right. And so I think too, there's value in the conversation and admitting like, yep, this is going to take some work. It's going to take a little elbow grease and you can get people who can be in your corner and help you. And then that's okay to admit that. Right. Instead of thinking like, Oh gosh, this is going to be easy. And if it's not, then I'm doing something wrong or it's yeah. a failure within me, or it means I should quit. You know, instead, we can be more transparent about the fact that there are absolutely obstacles present in business and life and what have you. And so it's how we're going to move through those obstacles instead of allowing that to be the thing that makes us, you know, give up on our dreams or quit or whatever it is. Exactly. I've had uh, coaching students um, say to me, all right, if I invest in your coaching program, do you guarantee that I'm going to get X results? And I'll say, nope. (laughs) <laughs> and they're like what why you know like you're trying to talk me out of like like nobody anybody that says yeah we guarantee it they're just saying it to take your money yeah. because i can't guarantee it's like you know it, I, i'll go back to the personal trainer um example if i sign up for personal trainer and he says you know um this is the results you're going to get. I'm like, well, can you guarantee I'm going to get those results? He cannot give me a hundred percent guarantee because if at nine o'clock at night, 
I'm sitting there with a pint of ice cream, you know, <laughs> then that's not his fault. You know what I mean? If I don't show up and do the exercises he says to do, I'm not going to get the results he guaranteed. So coaching and a relationship like that, it's more than just the information that you receive, but it's about following the instruction, the consistency and, and the action that you take too. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and I really just want to remind everyone who's listening to like all of these things, you know, I know we're talking about it from a business sense, but everything you just said, that's so applicable to everything, right? Like understanding, like if you want a goal, if you want to have change in your life, it really is about what is the work that needs to happen to get there. And yeah. that's something I know you work with clients and I, in my work with clients too, you know, they come all the time, like, oh, I really want this. And I'm like, okay, awesome. Yeah. What are you we want that for you too? <laughs> yeah. I want that for you. So what are you willing to do to get that? Yeah. yeah what yeah. are you willing to do to get that? You know, how much, what is that really? And being honest with yourself about that. Like you said, okay, great. You want to be in shape. You have a personal trainer. So what does that look like for you? You know, being honest with yourself, are you going to get up at 5am every day or are, are you like, nope, that's not me. And really being clear for yourself on what all those things look like too. And I think that so often we, we, again, we put our trust or our hope or our ideas in other people without first really narrowing down for ourselves, like, okay, but where am I in this? What is my yeah. truth? You know, maybe yeah. I'm not a 5am workout person, but I like 5pm. So I'm going to do that. And that's going to yeah. be okay. And, yeah. and that is something where it, that that can be uncomfortable too. It sounds so silly, but you know, what do you want from this or what works best for you? And a lot of times we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Paul, I'm so grateful that you took time to speak with me today. You Thank have you such a much. wonderful presence and just, I love the ways that again, you encourage people to really not only go after what they want, but to show up for themselves every day to work for that. And you're just such a great inspiration in that sense. Thank you very so much. So I'd love for you, obviously I'll link it in the show notes and everything, but just give sure. us a quick rundown of how we can find you, how people can work with you, what, what you have going on upcoming. Yeah, yeah, sure. So the easiest way is connect with me on Instagram. That's kind of like my primary platform. My Instagram handle is Paul, just P-A-U-L. Uh, follow me there. Send me a message. I always respond to all my messages that I receive on Instagram. And uh, I'll give you a free copy of one of my books, digital awesome. copy of one of my books. Just send me a message. Say you heard me on this podcast and I'll make sure you get that. And if you have any questions or anything, I'd be uh, more than happy to answer them for you. Well, thank you so much for taking the time again to be here today. You you have such a presence about you that's just inspiring. So even if people aren't into, you know, they're not entrepreneurs or they're not in the online space, understanding just the motivation behind it, the ways that you can work toward your goals and really just having that attitude, I think is so important for all of us. And I just am really appreciative that you were able to be here today. Thank you very much. It's been my privilege. Here are a few takeaways from my conversation with Paul. Number one. If you find yourself frustrated with where you are currently and you're being hard on yourself for not being further ahead, take a pause and reflect on how far you've come. Give yourself credit for all the work you've done thus far. Number two, don't let a bad hair day prevent you from showing up and sharing a message or story that can impact or help others. Number three, if you come to your relationships with a sense of serving instead of asking, you'll create authentic connections. As Paul did, you may find it pays off for you in ways that you never thought possible. Number four, you may not become successful in doing something you're passionate about. You may see an opportunity to offer something that pays the bills. And along the way, you open yourself up to learning about new things that could ultimately become a passion for you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you come back next week for another new episode. Have a great week.